You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovic as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Gustavo Garrido, Alonso and Shemma. Hello, Shem. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm looking forward for a new NFL season. Yes, me too. But I'm worried about the problem with repeated head trauma in American football. Oh, yes. That's an interesting and current issue. Well, the studies about the effects of repeated head trauma in American football players are rather new. In 2005, Dr. Kevin Gaskevitz and Dr. Julian Bates published a study concluded that dementia-related syndrome may be initiated by repetitive cerebral concussions in American football players. And in 2007, they released a study on the risk of depression in retired NFL players based on a survey of more than 2,500 former players. They conclude that professional football players with a history of three or more concussions are in a greater risk of having depressive episodes later in life compared to those players with no history of concussions. But what's interesting is that, at the beginning, the NFL, the National Football League, created a mild brain traumatic injury committee, but they tried to refute the studies. For instance, in 2004, the committee said that a total of 92% of concussed players returned to practice in less than seven days. More than one half of the players returned to play within one day, and symptoms resolved in a short time in the vast majority of cases. They also said that they not support the study that you mentioned of Dr. Guskiewicz and Dr. Baylor's, and also that there's no sign of brain disease in pro football players. In 2007, the NFL said that current research with professional athletes has not shown that having more than one or two concussions leads to permanent problems if each injury is managed properly. But finally, last year, and for the first time, the National Football League has publicly acknowledged a connection. Jeff Miller, the NFL's senior vice president of health and safety policy, was asked, do you think there's a link between football and the degenerative brain disorders like CTE? Jeff Miller said that the answer to that question is certainly yes. Wow, last year. That probably has to be related with the recent evidence of the CTE that you mentioned, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy on American football players. CTE is related to Pandran syndrome or dementia pugilistica, which is the early dementia found in some professional boxers more than 50 years ago. But it took the attention of the American football players when CTE was found in Mike Wester, a former player of the Philadelphia Eagles who died in 2002. Maybe you know this story from the moving Concussion. Oh yes, with Will Smith. Exactly. Wester was the first professional player diagnosed with CTE. The Boston University is researching the link between playing American football and CTE. Dr. Anne McKee said that they found evidence of CTE in 90 out of 94 NFL players whose brain went examined, and in 45 out of 55 college players, and in 6 out of 26 high school players. She concluded that it is clear that there is a link between playing football and CTE. But the main challenge is that CTE can only be diagnosed after death by dissecting the brain, and that the research about this topic is just starting. 
experts such as Dr. Lily Nas Harwati of the University of Toronto and Dr. Robert Stern of the Boston University School of Medicine said that there is still a lot to understand about the risk of head trauma related to CTE, the evolution of the disease, and that the findings are just the first step to understand this issue. So Shen, the research is in the early stages and the data available is still low, but what can be done in the meantime? An overview on the effectiveness of helmets, mouth guards, and other protective equipment and found no statistical evidence of concussion risk reduction. And experts agree that the best way to prevent concussion are play by the rules, wear the appropriate equipment and wear it properly, examine the playing field for uneven areas or holes, make sure that end posts are padded sufficiently, practice good sportsmanship, learn and use a proper technical. And some people think that kids should not be allowed to play football. Dr. Bernard Omelu, who diagnosed Michael Webster with CTE, as you mentioned, wrote that the human brain becomes fully developed at about 18 to 25 years old. Therefore, we should at least wait for our children to grow up, be proved with information and education on the risk of play, and let them make their own decisions. The risk is heightened in children because the brain, unlike most other organs, does not have the capacity to cure itself following all types of injuries. We are born with a certain number of neurons, and we can only lose them. We cannot create new neurons to replenish old or dying one. Well, let's hope to have a good and safe NFL season. Goodbye, Shane. Goodbye, Gustavo. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page or visit us at www.aists.org.